Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament, by the way, will be August 4th. Auto Home Life Business, they'll take care of all your insurance needs. They're the best at it. They'll save you money where they can. Bundles, whatever it may be. They're always checking for best prices. Look, budget's more important than ever. And Purdy Insurance will take care of your budget and your insurance needs all at once when it comes to insurance. It's all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Tell me if you've heard this before. Another no-hitter in baseball. Here's the 1-1. Swing, a weak grounder to short. Farmer in, he has it to first, and that's it! A no-hitter for Wade Miley! The 17th no-hitter in Reds history! And the first for the veteran left-hander. You know what I'd like to see about that one? Did you Have you seen the box score? I haven't. I want to see how long it took that game to be played. Only for this reason. Wade Miley works about as fast as anybody in the game. I mean, he works incredibly fast. He's he's fun to watch because of that, and he's fun for these guys to play behind. Two hours, 34 minutes. See? How about that? See, you always tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, that's typical for a no-hitter. No, no, man, that's not true. I mean, part of it depends on what happens with the rest of the... You know what I mean? Well, for yeah, a like, low-scoring no-hitter, that was a 3 nothing win for the Reds. Yeah, but he works fast. He works really fast. As a matter of fact, let's just do a quick check and see if anybody in the country has transferred today. <laughs> you know, it's interesting about the transfer portal. Um, and that is this. Again, let's again let's go to unintended consequences. And in unintended consequences, there is going to be a segment of players that are going to lose. It might be it might be student athletes that are 
signing letters of intent. It might be junior college players, and it might be the transfer themselves. But somebody's going to lose. There's only so many spots. And that is... That's something that doesn't get, again, another unintended consequence doesn't get talked about. Also, we talked about the Olympics in the previous half hour. And they've got, obviously, some issues they have to deal with over the next 74 days just to get to the opening ceremony. I mean, what are you going to do with the opening ceremony? I mean, you know, I can't even watch that stuff anymore, but that's... No offense. It's like... Soup gets all excited watching somebody walk in and walk in a circle. Where's the action? Yes, I'm aware. We don't need to replay that audio again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think our audience wants to hear that again. They enjoyed it when we did because it made a point. <laughs> but um, the so with the Olympics coming, I mean, what are they going to do for an opening ceremony? I don't. Know. My guess is they probably won't have it. Well, NBC needs something. Unless they try to do something virtually, but I think that's going to be very, very difficult to do. Yeah, but if you're going to allow, in all, in all seriousness, if you're going to let them, if you're going to allow them compete against each other, they can walk in behind your flag. I mean, my assumption is they're all going to be tested. My assumption is they're all going to be vaccinated. True, but but with the current CDC guidelines, you're probably not going to be able to social distance well, everybody the C- in there. The CDC has nothing to do with this. It's in Tokyo. Oh, that's true. Well, even so, I, I don't know. I think globally they've they've been paying attention to what they've been saying, though. Yeah, it'd probably be the WHO or whatever. Yeah, I, I they've been... WHO and CDC have been virtually on the same page with most things pandemic-related. Or if they did it virtually, they don't have to have everybody there from every country. Maybe they just have, like, all the usual opening acts when the con- what, that the country does to talk about their culture. Maybe they just do that, and it's only an hour instead of, like, a three-hour primetime special. They just make it an hour. Well, I guess the pandemic isn't completely bad. <laughs> Three hours, man. Mm. Such a hater. Oh no, you guys! I mean, you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. you can watch anything you want. <laughs> Oh, man. Name, image, and likeness rule. Mark Emmert is strongly recommending that the NCAA rush some sort of name, image, and likeness rule. 
Now, let me take everyone back into the Wayback Machine on the show. When California passed this in 2019, it was going to go into effect January 1st, 2023. Okay. And by the way, California is still going into effect January 1st, 2023. All right. I said when that was passed, well, this opens up the can of worms. I said, but the NCAA has time to then react to it so that they can have a universal rule across the country. Well, as time went, it's not as if they haven't worked on it, but they have. But they haven't worked on it at such a pace where they've been able to get anything done. So in the course of this, what happened was Florida, 11 months ago, passed passed its law. Governor Ron DeSantis signed it. And guess what? Florida's law goes into effect July 1st. Fifty-one days away. So you got a little more than seven weeks. It's in effect. Alabama. Governor Kay Ivey signed it. Legislature passed it. She signed it. Alabama goes in July 1st. Georgia legislature passed theirs. Guess what? Governor Brian Kemp signed it. They're going to July 1st. There are five states that are going to have name, image, and likeness laws in place in 54 days. 54 days. They're going to be in place, ready to go. Mississippi did the same thing. So you're talking already that six SEC schools, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia and Florida will all have name, image, and likeness in place for their recruits. Hmm. Huh. They've had time to look at this, and for some reason, they can't seem to come up with I mean, you can't look at some of the state laws and look at them and say, you know what? This is the best of all of them. Let's just do it. You have five states that have it going into effect on July 1st. Look at the five states. What are the similarities? Are there any key differences? If there are, what's the best of the group? and then come up with something. I mean, Congress is not doing anything to act anytime soon. They've got a lot of other things on their plate right now. And the NCAA gives you the impression, just the impression, doesn't mean it's a fact, 
that they were sort of hoping Congress would bail them out and they'd give them a national bill. Of course they would. And here's part of the problem is they feel that they need an antitrust exemption to cover them legally. That's all that Mark Emmert ever worries about. He's such a dope. But again, if if they but let's be honest about if they don't have an antitrust exemption, they are exposed legally on whatever bill they put out. I'm just I'm just pointing that out. Well, Congress is not going to do anything between now and July the first. Right now, the primary bill they're working on is the infrastructure bill. And you know how many hundreds of pages these things are. Nobody ever reads the stuff. I vote yes. Do you know what's in it? Not really. So they're going to work on that first. That's, you know, the president's priority is to put out the infrastructure bill. And they're working on that. So... You know, something like this is not going to make the cut of priorities. And the NCAA is worried about legal exposure. I mean, they finally passed the one-time transfer rule. And they did that because it only affected five sports. So the problem, again, comes down to legality. And the problem, it's interesting. They worry about the antitrust exemption. Okay. Look, they've had a working group, and they did. Now, let's give the NCAA credit. The name, image, and like this working group last year during the pandemic did develop concepts. They actually did. So let's let's not let's not sit here and like, oh no, these guys they don't do anything. That's not true. They did. But in December, the Justice Department had antitrust questions for the NCAA about it. Which is, that's the Justice Department's job. Okay, well, okay, here's a couple of hurdles here. Um, How do we overcome it? So that delayed the legislation that they were going to pat, that they were going to bring to the convention in January. Well, Everett now makes his statement, guess what, without any update at all, on whether the Department of Justice questions have been resolved. (laughs) Look, you want to know where the NCAA blew it? It it This all goes back, and I talked about this years and years ago. 
Okay. Let's go back now. Let's go back to the corner office. What does the suit love to play on his video board? NCAA college football, right? Yes, absolutely. I said for years, I mean, I don't play video games, so I could care less, okay, about, you know, whether the game is whatever. But I've said that when I've watched commercials for it, it was, I think the commercial was, it's in the game, right? And I remember they were showing Ohio State. Boy, it didn't take much imagination to say, that looks just like Braxton Miller, and that other guy looks just, looks just like Carlos Hyde. I'm thinking, well, I said, they are so good at the graphics now. It's phenomenal. And I thought, they are headed down a bad path here. When it looks that realistic, facially, they're making no secret about who the people are. They just won't tell you who they are. I said, they're going to get sued. Well, they got sued, all right. They got sued by Ed O'Bannon. And he sued the NCAA for antitrust violations for putting his image on the cover of the game. Not the fact that he was in the game, but on the cover. He was on the cover, him. And he didn't receive any compensation for having his face on it. So what did the NCAA do, Matt? Their strategy was to litigate, 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 and guess what has happened at every single every single hurdle in litigation? They've lost. They've lost. Gee, What's I wonder happen? why. Well, you should hear the, the O'Bannon thing. When, when Emmer got up there to testify, I mean, I talked about it the day of the, on the show that day. I said, well, this will be interesting. Let's see how, how he handles it. He essentially handed the verdict to O'Bannon on a silver platter by his testimony. That's right. Because this is what he did. He got up there and he talked about, and I say this with all due respect to the people who run universities, Bucknell, Penn State, whatever. But he got up there, and instead of telling them that, hey, look, we get all this money, this is what we do with it. We make sure that soccer has scholarships. We make sure that swimming has scholarships. We make sure that that student-athletes in softball has scholarships, that they, that they have championships, things like that. He didn't do that. He talked about the glories of higher education and the ivory tower. Like You're sitting there as a jury of 12 people. You're looking at him like, what the heck's he talking about? Right? This whole thing was about money. Tell him where the money goes. Right? Look at the jury and tell them, hey, look, how many of you have sons and daughters? You know, that, you know, you may not be good enough to play intercollegiate athletics, but maybe they are. How many of you believe that women should have the right to get scholarships to play sports in college? How many of you believe that? How many of you think that if your son or daughter is not a football or a men's basketball player, should still have the right to get a scholarship to play baseball, to play to participate in gymnastics, to play field hockey, 
to swim, whatever it may be, diving, whatever it might be. Okay? I mean, you know, this is what we do with the money. We're all about giving opportunity. Opportunity doesn't happen without money. Right? That's not what he tells them. He gets up on the stand, he starts talking about, you know, Higher education, the student athlete, getting degrees. And people in the, the witness groups look at him, the, the jury box look at him like, what the hell is he talking about? Right. I mean, since it's O'Bannon, I could say the verdict was a slam dunk, right? Because guess what? Defensively, he stepped away and let O'Bannon dunk. <laughs> That's the failing that you make in this stuff. I talked about it that day. And that's the that's the day. This day has now arrived where they're in trouble on name, image, and likeness because of what he did that day. He gave the NCAA no chance, none. They may have still ruled the same way. They may have still ruled the same way, but the approach he took, where you're talking above people and not and not talking to them in common sense on dollars and cents. Okay? People understand dollars and cents. They don't under, they, they don't want to hear high-minded mumbo-jumbo. If they ever want to do that, they'll listen to this show. Back with more in a moment. <laughs> Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. If you own an RV, you know your home on wheels needs the same protection as your actual home. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Whether you hit the road for a weekend or a few months, Purdy Insurance can cover all of your recreational vehicles. From RVs, ATVs and side-by-sides, to motorcycles and golf carts, offering you great coverage at the best price. Call Purdy Insurance at 570-286-5855 or request a quote online at purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. They're the best in the business at making sure you're insured and getting you the best price. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. I know my broadcast partner for basketball, Dick Girardi, holds this man in very high esteem, and that is Lafitte Pinkai Jr. Lafitte, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Anytime. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, Dick, Dick Girardi, he is he is a legend. He is a legend. Good man. He is the man. All right. So, were you surprised that Churchill Downs released the results now and didn't wait? It, it all happened uh, pretty quickly, didn't it? Um, you know, rumors started circulating. Saturday night, Steve, and between horse racing insiders, have you heard this? Is there any truth to that? Sometimes it's just the, the sewing circle doing its thing. I had kind of disconnected. I was at the beach for the weekend, came home Saturday night, woke up Sunday morning uh, to like 45 text messages and very quickly realized there was a raging inferno on the other side of where this smoke originated. 
And, yeah, I think that Bob Baffert coming out and having the press conference and announcing that he had been notified that Medina Spirit had tested positive for a legal therapeutic, but it was an infraction. It was over the legal limit on race day. Um, I think that caught everybody off guard, being that that's what we heard before Churchill Downs' statement. And Churchill acting very swiftly to suspend Bob Baffert from running horses at Churchill Downs. I think in most cases, um, there's a sample test, as I'm sure you've heard plenty about, a, a second test, that if that supports the findings in the original test, then consequences are faced for that particular infraction. This seemed to move much quicker. So the speed of which everything is happening, I think that's that's been difficult to keep up with. So yes, in a very long roundabout way of asking your question, I was a little surprised. Lafitte, what about the integrity of the sport, which is obviously critical when people are putting their, their dollars on the line. What does this do to have people questioning the integrity of the sport? Two ways to look at it. It's a black eye in its immediacy in that people, unfortunately, are more interested, seemingly, I don't mean to put a blanket statement, but more interested in headlines than details. This is still a process that needs to play out, but all people are going to remember uh, is the headline, is the story, is Kentucky Derby winner fails drug test. And I think first and foremost, specifically, the sport on the day to understand that a medication violation isn't a medication violation isn't a medication violation. For example, if you'll remember last March, you know, the feds raiding the stables of trainers Jorge Navarro and Jason Service for truly nefarious acts, cheating in its most blatant form. This was mislabeled drugs, this was performance-enhancing drugs, and for that racing reason, facing serious, serious consequences. You can't just throw a blanket over every infraction. What you have to remember is that the Horse Racing Integrity Act, the sport is taking necessary steps in order to clean things up, guys. Drugs have been a problem in this sport for a long, long time. So these rules are more stringent. It's more strict. Bob Baffert said it himself last summer. He's like, man, somebody's going to get popped for something really ticky-tack, the way they're measuring these things now. I don't want to bore your listeners to death with terms that are becoming household names like a picogram, right? Beta-methasone, the therapeutic that was in Medina's spirit system. A picogram being a trillionth of a gram. That's how much was found in his system, 14 picograms. Uh, The testing itself in that detail, I think that it's a step in the right direction. There is going to be some trial and error along the way, but you have to remember that, look, if you take a step back and say, if this sport is willing to potentially disqualify a horse trained by Bob Baffert who just won the Kentucky Derby, they are serious about cleaning a game up. It is needed some cleaning up. A lot of cleaning up. And Lafitte, it turns out from Medina Spirit, what he had in him, at least what's alleged, is double what is legally allowed in Kentucky racing. So does there need to be a national standard and not just a state standard? It makes it tricky. Um, I think there's been infractions and medication violations because sometimes trainers just don't know what's legal here, what the legal limit is there. It changes from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. You can discuss the necessity for a central governing body. Absolutely. We can spend uh, three hours discussing that where 
if everything, all these decisions and all these rules, if it wasn't quite as complicated because we were all following the same rule book, absolutely for the trainers it would be made uh, that much easier. Uh, Kentucky did change this particular rule for this particular therapeutic. Last August, uh, 10 picograms were allowed um, of betamethasone on race day. Now it's, it's, no, it's no tolerance. Now again, he had 14 picograms, um, which he would have breached regardless. Let me say this. I'm not a, I'm not a, a vet. I'm not a horseman or really an expert in these matters. I'm learning as this story unfolds along, along right. with you guys. But, but the ne- and I've spoken to many experts. The next person that tells me, who knows a lot more about these things than I do, that, oh, you know, man, Medina Spirit won that Kentucky Derby because of the beta-methadone. The next person to tell me that will be the first. It's not yeah. why he won the Kentucky Derby, but it's an infraction. A rule is a rule, and uh, his Kentucky Derby, along with for Bob Baffert, owner Amr Zadon, jockey John Velasquez, private uh, bloodstock agent Gary Young, the breeder Gail Rice, this great story of a horse that was originally purchased for $1,000, all of a sudden, that derby win is in jeopardy, and a great story is now, as you mentioned moments ago, is, is for the time being, a, a bad look and a black eye for the sport. Yeah, you notice I haven't asked you whether it allowed the horse to win. I asked you about nationalization of standards because I think there's, there's bigger things that are going to take place with this, and that's one of them that I think needs to be discussed because I think what's what's legal in California, where Baffert does a lot of racing, is going to be different than the standard in New York. It's going to be this different than the standard in Kentucky, correct? I, I When I reference the need for a, a central governing body, I agree. Yeah, that, that, uh, from a national. So, if everybody was following, if every trainer knew yep. exactly in the different jurisdictions what was allowed and how much of it, you wouldn't have any confusion. And I'm not citing it. I'm not saying a mistake here or an infraction was a result of any confusion. But absolutely, I think this is another example of why the sport would be better off with a central governing body. And that's been there's been a, a outcry for that for a long, long time. So with this now in play, because it won't be resolved in all likelihood before Saturday, Medina Spirit's going to run at the Preakness. So what does this now do to the Preakness and how people view the Preakness on Saturday? Uh, has, has that been decided? Is he going to be allowed to run in the Preakness? The last I heard uh, was the Maryland Jockey Club. And the Maryland Race has, Commission, they were going to review this. These, has, it, has something come out in the last hour or so? No, I, all I've read is that uh, a question was posed as of right now um, that Baffert may consider, le- is, may consider legal action if he can't run. So I don't know whether he can or he can't. Okay, so yeah, that's where we are. So Bob Baffert's not going, by the way. He said he doesn't right. want to be a distraction. Assistant right. trainer Jimmy Barnes will be there, and man, is he is he going to earn his paycheck that week? Um, yeah. The you know with the, the Maryland the Jockey Club and the Maryland Racing Commission were going to review the matter, and they were going to determine whether or not Medina Spirit or any Bob Baffert trained horse was going to be allowed to run at Pimlico. There's two perspectives. There's the you know no shoes, no shirt, no service. We own the place. We can determine <laughs> who stays, who runs, and who doesn't. Like that's one perspective. The other yeah. is we're still waiting for the split sample that second test. So I don't know if they have the legal standing to say that Baffert can't run any horses at Pimlico. And as you mentioned, Bob Baffert's lawyer, uh, they, they filed um, for a, a restraining order that would prevent the powers that be from not allowing 
Bob Baffert trained horses to run at Pimlico that particular weekend. Again, the horses are on a van. This thing gets crazier by the minute. You know, there's a, there's a, a work stoppage right now for Tech Sutton, uh, the service provider that typically ships uh, the, you know, the, the horses from one place to another that flies them there. Instead, uh, the, the horses are being vanned. Uh, to Pimlico, but Bob Baffert, he's, he is, is not going. So I guess, you know, the entries for Black Eyed Susan Day and Preakness Saturday were pushed back. So I, I, there will be some clarity before long, but that's another, to add another layer of complication is that the clock's spinning. We're not going to have the results of that sample test before Saturday, and these decisions need to be made right away because of the, because time yeah. is a factor. Because I know 53 years ago, and I was just a kid at the time, but it was a big deal because I grew up in New England. Peter Fuller was a big car dealer in New England in the Boston area. He owned Dancer's Image. And Dancer's Image was disqualified after winning the Kentucky Derby. I believe Forward Pass ended up being the winner. Well, Dancer's Image ran in the Preakness. He finished third and got disqualified for some infraction of the track. But but they did let the horse run, so at least historically they have let him run before. There's precedent, absolutely. Um, so that, that would make sense. I feel for everybody at the Maryland Jockey Club and the Preakness, over the last three years you had the disqualification two years back with maximum security and country house. Like, all right, we get to see this rematch in the Preakness. Right. And neither horse showed up. Country House never raced again. Last year was a pandemic, <laughs> a freakness in October, and now this mess. Um, you got to feel for them. Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's beyond disappointing. And, and first and foremost, I grew up in this sport. It's in my blood. I, I am a fan first. Um, it, it kills me that, that the sport is, is yeah. uh, again, as we mentioned, a black guy. You know, I've known Bob Baff for a long time. I, I like him a lot. He's always been great in terms of his accessibility and his candor. I wish this wasn't happening. None of that matters right now. None of that matters. What matters is that what has happened, that Medina Spirits Derby win is in jeopardy, and we all have to kind of pump the brakes before jumping to conclusions, understanding that this process does still have to, to play out. It's still very early on, and it's gonna, this is, this is going to go on for a while. Extremely well put. Just exactly the perspective I expected. Thank you so much. Like you may not have grown up in it, but I'm a fan of it, and uh, I'm going to wait and see like you are. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the time, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, Lafitte. Lafitte Pinkai Jr. Uh, it's, again, it was great to get that perspective because unlike other people on this show, he never once mentioned putting Bob Baffert in the stocks. S-U-I-T, that uh, spells suit-da! I mean, I just don't, you know. I mean, you wanted to put him next to Tom Wilson in the in the, in the the village, on the village green. Some things have been cleared up, and as I said in the beginning, there's fault to both sides here, but there's definitely a little bit more cloudiness on the horse racing side than there is on Bob Backer, but doesn't excuse Bob Backer from this at all. Have you heard what he says one of the problems happens to be? Have you actually heard it? No. <laughs> you won't believe this. This is what they think happened. It doesn't mean it did happen, but this is what's being put out there. Oh, that a he feels gro- that he got sabotaged. Yeah, he said that on Dan Patrick's show today. Uh, that a groom 
took cough medicine. Oh, yes, and, and peed and in the stall. And urinated in yes. the stall. Yes. And Medina Spirit ate some of the hay. Correct. I also thought that was absurd. That was one of the other two crazy scenarios that Bob Baffert has put out. Well, you're in the station staff meeting every Monday. You're crazy scenarios every week. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070. WKOK brought to you by Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. If you own an RV, you know your home on wheels needs the same protection as your actual home. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Whether you hit the road for a weekend or a few months, Purdy Insurance can cover all of your recreational vehicles. From RVs, ATVs and side-by-sides, to motorcycles and golf carts, offering you great coverage at the best price. Call Purdy Insurance at 570-286-5855 or request a quote online at purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Our thanks to Lafitte Pinkai Jr. for joining us, giving us his perspective. Uh, later in the week, Dick Girardi is going to join us to talk about that and preview the Preakness. Somebody who is a huge horse racing guy, loves the sport, is Kenny Maine. Kenny Maine has been at ESPN for almost three decades, but uh, he is now done there. He says he's leaving ESPN. He says he is a salary cap casualty. Um, put out a tweet and says he thanked everybody from Vince Doria and Al Jaffe for bringing him in. He says he's going to miss the people. He's going to miss the vending machine <laughs> and everything that they had there. Uh, but he joined him on a full-time basis in 94. Uh, Kenny Maine had his own style, and or has his own style. And you know what? It's fun. It's fun. And I think that uh, he'll be somebody that will be missed there. Yeah. Brilliant at what he... He understands who he is... And he brings that to the broadcast. So, Kenny Maine, our salute to you. And I know Dick, for example, knows Kenny. I don't know Kenny Maine at all. Dick Girardi does and says, great guy on the air, which I can see for myself, great guy off the air. And 
by the way, loves loves horse racing. As a matter of fact. So, Kenny Maine, almost 30 years at ESPN, calls himself a salary cap casualty at this point of his career. Uh, the Jaguars, by the way, are expected to sign Tim Tebow to play tight end. I was asked about that today, and I said, well, that's Tyler Bowen's problem now. Because <laughs> Tyler, by the way, is the tight ends coach. So Tebow's now 33 years old. He hasn't been in the NFL, believe it or not, for six years. I think you're probably surprised to know that. He recently worked out with the Jaguars and, of course, the coaches Urban Meyer, who recruited Tim Tebow to Florida. Tebow is a part of the two national championship teams. One is a backup and one is the primary quarterback. He backed up Chris Leak on the first one. And, of course, he went to the Broncos, the Patriots, the Jets, and, of course, we all know about what he did in the minor leagues with the Mets. Right now, Chris Mannertz, Tyler Davis, and the rookie out of Ohio State, Luke Farrell, are the other tight ends on the roster. Um, and they say Tebow is not only going to be asked to play tight end, he may be asked to serve as a mentor for quarterback Trevor Lawrence. And Myers said the most important thing for Lawrence to do is to learn the offense. It's not about selling billboards around the state of Florida. He said, we're going to be very cautious about that. He said, the good thing is, is it's also very important to him. He's not a guy, as you can see, he's not even at the draft. His focus is he wants to live here, he wants to move here, he wants to train here, he wants to win here. So Tebow is going to get another opportunity. Um... And this time, the opportunity means he is a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which means our old friend Tyler Bowen is the guy that gets the coacher down there because that is Tyler's position. So Tebow will take another shot at the NFL. By the way, there's a, there's a college football game this weekend. It's the final game of the FCS season, and it's been limited But Sam Houston State, which rallied to beat James Madison, is going to take on uh, South Dakota State. South Dakota State beat Delaware. Delaware, of course, coached by Danny Rocco. And Danny's father, Frank, still lives here in State College. In fact, I see Frank every Sunday at Mass. And his sister lives literally one street down from me. So I was hoping for Danny to win the thing on Saturday because I know the family so well. But South Dakota State played home. South Dakota State played a great game on Saturday. So they're going to play Sunday, Sam Houston State, South Dakota State for the FCS National Championship. I guess the coach at Sam Houston State in all the years he's coached has never lost a home playoff game. I like those odds. Today's show has been brought to you by Purdy Insurance.